0: You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us.
1: Sustained effort and violence—you play your ass off. my heart is down to the
0: cannons You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members. As we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys.
2: Here it is, a first go. Pirates.
3: Welcome into the Pirate Preview right here on the Sports Objective TSO. Ladies and gentlemen, the meteorologist for TSO is Kyle Barber. How are you? What's going on, Dave? Uh, I'm not a meteor. I'm, I'm not a meteorologist.
0: I'm not a meteorologist, but I play one on a on a podcast.
3: Sounds good to me, ladies and gentlemen, from China Grove, North Carolina, Bubba Rosenbaum, B-Bomb. What's going on, guys? Uh,
1: looking forward to talking about the Pirates. A uh, huge game this week, and uh, we'll we'll take a look at this matchup between the the Pirates and Bulls. It's actually taking place down in Boca Raton, um, you know, about 230 miles or so to the southeast of Tampa um, due to Hurricane Ian, you know, approaching the the Gulf side of Florida.
3: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And uh, obviously, uh, Matt Semenza, we're going to have the game. We're going to have the Boca Bowl early. It'll be on actually Saturday afternoon at 2.30 for the Boca Bowl between the South USF, the South Florida Bulls, and the East Carolina Pirates, and uh, we're looking forward to that on Saturday. No laughing matter as far as a hurricane, but just crazy how things how how things work.
2: Yep, no doubt about it, guys. And my my uh, mindset this week for this game is is anything less than a win would be uncivilized. Uncivilized. There you go. Kyle. <laughs>
0: I didn't know that's where you were going, but uh, it sounded like you were doing an Old Spice commercial, so I finished it for you.
2: Hey, that's exactly where I was going,
0: buddy.
3: You nailed it. That you have to have chemistry with this team. I tell you what, guys. Um, I, I by the way, Matt. Before we before I forget, I'm going to bet you your favorite six pack of beer that Donnie K opens up the playbook this week. What do you think? You going to take that bet.
2: Well. Uh... I don't, you know what i i i i agree with you he, he needs to open it up for sure i'm sure he's heard the criticism this week guys i mean you know coaches they can say they shield that stuff out but they hear it and um you know you know it, it's there for the taking we have the weapons we have a 50year quarterback let's go ahead and open it up and uh you know and 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 get this thing moving in the right direction
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, what's going to be interesting to me this week, you know, obviously we got to control what we can control. But from South Florida's standpoint, to me, from a, from a, um, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, The uh, intangible standpoint. When when you're facing something like what's going on right now in Tampa and instead of Florida in general with with the hurricane, it, it can either really motivate you or it can be a distraction. Um, so I expect them to play really well or really bad. I don't expect much in between. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, unfortunately, you know, I hate to say it. I'm hoping for them as a distraction and, uh, they don't play well. Um, but we'll see, uh, we need to play our best game regardless. That way, if they play their best game, we get the win anyway.
1: Yeah, you look at Tulane last season. Um, Tulane had their season opener moved to Norman. Um, they, were, they had Oklahoma coming to Yulman Stadium, but that game obviously had to be moved to uh, to Norman, like I said. And, uh, you know, they nearly pulled off the miraculous comeback in that one in the second half. But uh, I think, as Corey Glore said, you know, being uprooted and, you know, having to move their – entire operations to Birmingham that that certainly had its toll or took its toll on the team.
0: Yeah. You know, we had our experience in 99 with Floyd and, you know, sometimes I think also how, how good is your football team? We were a really good football team in 99. And, uh, and so, you know, we kind of used it as motivation and kind of rode the wave. Um, South Florida to this point has, you know, with the exception of playing well against Florida, uh, has been pretty bad. Um, it, it, BYU destroyed them. Louisville destroyed them. Uh, they, beat their, they beat their FCS opponent. And we're competitive with Florida. I, uh, I We are a much better football team than them. Um, I, the, like I said, the intangibles to me this week are incredibly interesting. And what kind of crowd is going to be there? You know, what kind of crowd is going to be uh, there at FAU? You know, we'll, um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of South Florida alums because it's he's a, it's a, got a huge enrollment. I'm sure there's a lot of South Florida alums that maybe live in that Miami, Boca Raton, South true South Florida area that maybe don't get a chance to head to West Central Florida where South Florida is located to watch the Bulls play much so they'll get a chance maybe to come to the game this weekend at FAU. But I'd be surprised if there's more than 5,000 people in there.
3: Yeah, and I know Coach Houston Bubba talked about that, the very fact that because of COVID, they're used to playing in stadiums two years ago. Um, without fans, so that's pretty much what it's going to be. What was it? Um, at one point, they let what in two years ago, like three thousand fans. Now, whatever seven percent capacity of fifty thousand would be. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. But anyway, um, now Bubba with the the game moved to two thirty on tomorrow, Saturday afternoon. Guys, do we know, do why know why
0: it was moved up to two thirty? That's
3: what I was. That's what I was going to ask you guys. Do you know guys know why?
1: I have not heard anything as far as the, the game time's concerned. Yeah. As far as why the change, uh, what it, it was supposed to be seven.
0: Correct. And I, I don't know. You know, a lot of games are being moved around. I I would understand it if it because the game's being moved around if it was picked up for television. But um as we see it here today, uh it hasn't been picked up for T V still ESPN plus. I, I don't know. Uh it could be it could have been a situation where um, maybe for broadcasting reasons, whoever the, the announcers are for ESPN Plus, uh, I don't know. Is that's that's a really good question as to why it's at two thirty versus seven? Why moving it to uh, Boca changed the kickoff time? Because uh, that
2: didn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm guessing, guys, it's to accommodate FAU and and you know their stadium employees, their stadium workers, mm, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Um, that's that's my best guess. But I'll tell you guys, I love the time. I, you know, I, I like the earlier game, um, kind of get it, you know, get it in, and then uh, hopefully we get a W, and then we can kind of relax for the rest of the
0: Saturday night. I hate that. That's my least favorite start time. I either like from a from a college football standpoint, from a fan of of watching college football, I like a twelve o'clock game or a night game because a three thirty game or in this case a two thirty game. You miss all the endings of all the early games, and you miss the beginning of all the late afternoon games. So I, I always hate the uh, three thirty, and I don't I don't ever remember having a two thirty kickoff. I'm sure we have at some point, but um, I, this my least favorite time is the mid afternoon kickoff. Either give me an early or late.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I like the. I would prefer. Um, I would definitely prefer I'm a nighttime guy except for obviously I understand it's television and all that but the noon games especially in September in, in Greenville North Carolina or uh, as Matt would say brutal and when it's 95 degrees like, I felt like the last week <laughs> I felt like last Saturday with the Navy game it was perfect. the only thing that was not good was the outcome but I really loved the one of my good friends and his son went with me we had a great time we got a chance to go up in the press box, Kyle's favorite area of the stadium, and then we, uh, we, we had the tailgate some, so it, it was uh, everything was good except for the outcome, so um, the weather was absolutely gorgeous and perfect for a football game.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you got a little fall weather, and you're right, as far as early September games in Greenville are, are brutal. I'm just saying, from a standpoint of watching yeah, the I understand game, it. 12 o'clock is, is good because then you get the rest of the game. It, it is what it is. Look, Bottom line is, if we beat South Florida, we can play the damn game at 2 o'clock in the morning, for all I care. Just 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 go win the football game.
2: Yeah, that's what this is all about for me, guys. This week for me is, you know, I don't want to hear any more talk. I don't want to hear about um, the direction of the program. I don't want to hear about all the weapons we have. I want to see it. I want to see a win. It's kind of at that stage for me. Right now. I get like this once or twice a year, every year. So so this is nothing new for me, but I'm kind of – right now, the way my mind is, I, I want to see it happen on the field. I want to see a you know a commanding win because, like you said, Kyle, I mean, I think we are the superior team this weekend. We need to show it. Yeah,
0: and, and even, if it's, even if we don't go there and dominate, it, it just get the W. Um, I, I, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what South Florida does. Do they, are they distracted? Do they play like crap? Or do they put up their one of their better performances of the year and it's going to be a four-quarter game? I, I don't know. Um, the line is kind of going in our favor. Last yep. I saw, I think it was up to nine and a half. So um, the people are putting their money on the Pirates, but we saw really what that didn't mean too much last week. Well,
3: that's the thing is I think uh, I was talking to Matt about this. I think that they, they thought that they were getting the team that has, as Matt was talking about, a lot of weapons. They're going to be throwing around the yard, running. We're going to have that. And – that we were far superior to Navy, and they didn't get that. They didn't get that team as far as the play calling is concerned. So that's why I believe the Vegas is very smart. I think, and- uh, well, Dave, I think in hindsight
0: what happened, and it's kind of what you're saying, but and it almost did happen. I think Coach Houston thought the defense was going to have a dominant performance, and they basically did, except giving up some big plays. And I thought he thought. Yeah. Think, I think he thought that we could run the ball on them, play ball control, keep it keep the ball out of their hands. Right. Give our defense even more time to rest. And I think he thought, you know, we were going to win like a a 21-3 type ball game. And it almost worked, but it, it became a point in that game where we we showed it, it was obvious we needed to be more aggressive on offense and we didn't we didn't you know, just the game plan. Um, you know, if you really look back at everything in that game and and you, you take all things into consideration and, and, and you don't want to pick on this kid because it's the only time he's really fumbled. If it wasn't for that Harris fumble, um, everything else would have probably went according to the game plan. If you take that one play out of the ball game, we win that game in regulation and, and overtime and missed field goals. And, Holton Adler's turning the ball over and all that really doesn't come into play. Um, that that fumble that gave them a touchdown on the short field in the fourth quarter um, is probably the difference in the ballgame, really. If you take that one play away, uh, we went up a low-scoring ballgame.
3: Yeah, that was that's really tough. Um, anyway, we have to move on. Uh, Bubba, I know you've done a lot of research on USF and I uh, want to give you the floor to talk about well actually before we move on to that uh since the
1: topic came up as far as uh, you know some of the things concerning the navy game and and so forth particularly offensively you know you know we, we heard about the uh unique looks uh, and different looks than, than what we had necessarily expected as far as navy on you know, coming off the open date um but um you know, at times, at the in in the end of half situations, be it the you know the first or the end of the game, uh, you know, I would like to see you know a little bit greater sense of urgency, and in um, in a situation like that, um, and Matt can talk more about this. You know, when a team you know decides to employ more tempo, than. That really affects you defensively, not as much as it once did. Because especially if you're sub- substituting, but if as long as you're keeping the same guys on the field, where the defense doesn't have that chance to sub, um, when you go fast, it forces you to be a little more simple defensively. And with you know, with Navy's approach to things, uh, I think uh, that's
2: something I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. I, 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 just, uh, you know, comment on that, Bob, I mean, I think that's a great point and, and, you know, we, that's, that's something that we, we really haven't seen that much of this year. And, um, you know, it, it's definitely even, and it doesn't have to be every possession, but it can be two or three times a game where you come out and you go up tempo on somebody. I, I love it coming right out of halftime guys. First possession of the second half, come out up-tempo uh, and really get after somebody. So, you know, it doesn't have to be every possession, but if you can break it out two or three times a game and uh, you can really, you know, throw somebody off with that.
1: Exactly. And like you are saying, um, you know, do it in addition to, you know, doing it when you need to like that in the end of the half situation uh, where you can potentially score a touchdown or, or at the very least um, – get Owen Daffer and the PAT field goal team as close as you possibly can, um, you know, do it early in the game or early in the second half, um, you know, to just as a change up to the, uh, opposition. Yeah,
0: no, I agree with both of y'all, uh, need to see more tempo at times. And, uh, it's not as special as it used to be because, uh, so many people do it, but we haven't done it a lot. And, um, Probably should do it more. We uh, we've got the pieces to uh, to do it. So why don't you utilize it anyway? We need to move on to South Florida. That's the opponent this week. Navy games behind us. I mean, for for Christ's and heaven's sake, uh, uh, what did the Bulls bubble present as a challenge um, that you've seen? Obviously, they got the quarterback transfer from Baylor. Uh, he, he's impressive on paper, or excuse me, on film, but uh, hasn't done much so far uh, for, for the Bulls up to this point.
1: Yeah, taking a look at Gary Bohannon, uh, like you mentioned, came over from Baylor, uh, 6'3", 225 pounds. Um, And you take a look at Gary and his performance Uh, last year, obviously Baylor had a a tremendous year, you know, went to the Sugar Bowl and what I I believe they beat Ole Miss, right? Or or either that or they lost at the very end. But um, they had a heck of a season under Coach Aranda. But Coach Aranda was – was honest uh, with where Gary stood going into 2022. And so he elected to enter the transfer portal um, because despite their success last year, they were going to go in a different um, direction behind center. So he opted to, to head to Tampa. And when you take a look at him, I, I was watching some film earlier today, both from his time at Baylor, as well as this year. And, He's certainly more of a a quarterback, a, a FBS quarterback than, than James Summers, but just with that size, he, he he does remind me some of James Summers. I guess certainly the closest thing we've seen like him this year is uh, Haj Malik Williams from Campbell. Um, but he's he's like I said, taller than Haj Malik Williams, I believe, uh, at six three, and so he, he's a he's a dual threat guy. He. He um, has yet to throw a touchdown pass this year, which uh, which is the only team, or USF is the only team in the nation that has not thrown a touchdown pass. But last year for Baylor, his passing numbers were, um, he was 173 out of 275, 63%, threw for 2,200 yards, 18 touchdowns and seven picks. So um, fairly solid numbers there. And uh, this year, you know, I, I do know against Louisville, he was missing his top receiver. And uh, that top receiver is Xavier Weaver. Uh, he has 20 catches. He was also out against Florida. Uh, so that – excuse me, not he, – he played against Florida, but he was out against Louisville, and he's uh, in question this week. I'm not sure whether he'll play against the Pirates or not. But uh, in, those, in those three games against BYU, Howard, and Florida, he accumulated uh, 20 catches – for uh, about 250 to 300 yards. What's the
0: injury, Bubba?
1: That's a good question. Uh, not sure. Uh, we'll uh, see if I can find out exactly what ails Xavier Weaver. But um, yeah, because that
0: that'll kind of that you you can kind of decipher questionable based on the injury, um, right? Yeah. And guys,
2: not a single touchdown pass so far this season. That's a pretty incredible statistic, right there. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure
0: I'm sure we've jinxed that. So good job. <laughs> um, no doubt.
2: I, I, I try to do what I can do. Because I was thinking that you know, if if they've had players injured this year, you can be sure they're going to be a hundred percent ready to go this Saturday. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You you you
0: are you, you, uh, you're, you're losing probably your ability. You know, I know. Florida Atlantic has facilities, but. Um, trainers have a lot to do with that. Team doctors, et cetera. and that, I, I would think that would be affected more than anything um, with having to move operations from Tampa to to uh, to a Raton. I could be wrong, but it just to me, it seems like maybe you know, are are our kids going to get the proper therapy they need this week? Um, uh, you know, our trainers will be in a position, doctors, team doctors, to clear people if they're questionable. Um, you know, obviously. They have those things in Boca, but it's in UCF, I'm sure USF I'm sure traveled uh their team doctors, et cetera, to Boca, but it just seems like that might hinder things like that. I could be wrong.
1: Hey, and something else, guys, about Gary Bohannon, um, like Johnny Robertson mentioned, uh I had this noted here um in the research I did this afternoon as well. Um, but he he's just talking about um not only Weaver, but their Next two top receivers are out, as well as their all-AC starting offensive tackle. Uh, all of them missed the Louisville game, and Coach Houston addressed that today and saying it, it looks like they'll have at least someone, if not all of those guys, back. We shall see. But uh, as far as Gary Bohannon, uh, no touchdowns, as we've already mentioned, but he's thrown uh, six interceptions as well, so uh, I think Two against Florida, and despite them nearly winning that ball game in the swamp, and also he threw two against Louisville, a game in which he only threw for something like sixty-eight yards.
0: Gary Bohannon just sounds like that's a great name. That just it sounds like he would
1: be a quarterback. It's, it's spelled like Jerry. It's G E R R Y, but it's pronounced Gary.
0: Yeah, I knew a dude. I, he was uh, he was a drunk, and he uh, he worked with us for a while, and uh, he, he he went he had. His name felt like Jerry, but went back and forth between if his name was Gary or Jerry. He would interchange them.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, there was actually a radio guy for many years and had a great voice named Jim Bohannon. I remember the 90s. So that's when I think Bohannon, I think about Jim Bohannon from uh, the CBS radio network. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Guys, with with this game, looking back to one thing uh, that – um, Bubba and uh, Matt and Kyle. Um, to me, if if I if I'm East Carolina, I want to win the toss, take the ball, score really quick, get up seven nothing. I feel like our defense can hold. them. Maybe just like my game plan, I want fourteen nothing early in the in the first, and um, and make it where they they're behind and they stay behind the rest of the game. I always like to have the ball coming out of halftime. Um, you do, uh, yeah, always. Uh, the, the only
0: time, only time I liked it first uh, was when Lincoln Riley was here because in Ruffin because that's kind of what they always did. But otherwise, I'd rather have the ball coming out at halftime um, because one of two things: you're going to be in a position to either to potentially go up by two scores to take the lead or to come back in a game. So to me, it's always better to have the ball coming out at halftime.
3: For me, I feel like our defense is great, Matt and Bubba. What do you think? Um, so, in other words, if you get the ball first, you score. And if you can stop them um, – so, in other words, if they get the ball, even early in the second half, um, if you stop them, you get the ball back and you get the
2: chance to score too. So, I mean, I know you can argue Well, for me, I think it depends on who you're playing. You know, last week against Navy – triple option team. I wanted the ball first because I want to take a lead on Navy, right? Try to get them out of their game plan a little bit where they have to, you know, you know, do some things that they're not accustomed to doing. You know, this when I look at this week, um, you know, South Florida's a team that they're struggling offensively. Our defense is playing really well right now. This this is the type of week where I wouldn't mind if we won the toss, I wouldn't mind deferring to the second half because, you know, the nice thing is If you can get a quick stop, if you can get a three and out, now all of a sudden, you know, you're forcing a punt. You might have good field position um, to try to get a quick score. So uh, for me, it just kind of depends on the opponent.
1: Yeah, Matt,
2: um, Robert
1: Dedrick, actually, just as you were saying that, uh, simultaneously uh, on YouTube said the exact same thing, as well as our defense is playing, that he would kick off and take advantage of the field position early in the game.
2: Great minds think alike, Robert. Good call, buddy.
1: The one thing I'd look at, <laughs> the, the
0: only way I would change that decision is sometimes when offenses are struggling, their best drive is their first drive with scripted plays. Most um, offensive coordinators script the first drive. So I would take a look at that to see if that's been their best drive of the game. Um, then that might alter my decision. Otherwise, I would, uh, I, I'd I
3: defer to the second half. That sounds good. Well, regardless, all I care about is a win. However, we, um, I know we're beating a visiting team. We'll, and how do you guys feel about that? The very first – it's kind of odd to be uh, – it'll be October 1st and we haven't played – we finally are going to play an away game. That's kind of uh, – it's yeah, so it's surreal. Not, it's not even a true
0: away game now. So it's almost like no, a neutral yeah. side. Um, that's weird. Uh, I, I I don't know that – you know, I, I don't know how uh, – when you first think of it, you think, oh, man, that!" but we're not that young of a football team. But these guys played on the road before, so um, I, I wouldn't expect it to affect things, but it is weird. It, I, I think it's probably good for us to get away from Greenville. Um I hate that it has to be such a strange situation where we have to go play at a neutral site and a little bit more distractions, but I think after four straight home games after last week's performance, I think getting away from Greenville is probably a good thing right now
1: and not only um not only that Kyle I mean, you take a look at it uh last year we played very well on the road uh, what it we is, were, yeah. yeah we we were 3 and 2 um we, had, we and we had our best wins It Should have been 5 and 0. Oh. Yeah, we were 3 and 2 uh with, with the comeback win at Marshall where we trailed by 17 and then and then obviously um Memphis. Yeah, and the the Memphis and Navy wins at at the yep. buzzer or you know in overtime uh it, and then you had the, the heartbreakers like Dave mentioned down in Orlando and Houston, uh, yep. games, games that we either should have won or could have won. Yeah, we – we, I you know, with the exception of
0: – and Tulane and Temple were both awful last year. With the exception of Tulane and Temple last year, uh, we played better on the road, really. I mean, I, I we hopefully that – maybe that will be a trend that continues this year. I hope we play well at home too. We need to get it. Coach Houston doesn't have a signature win at home yet, and he really needs that. And um, I don't know that you would call their next home game Memphis. I hope we beat them, but I don't know that you'd call that a signature win at home. But I think there's an op- opportunity with UCF coming to town later in October for him to get a signature
2: home win. Yeah, well, guys, I could you, I mean, just going back, I did have a chance to go back and watch a little of the Navy game. We're very close. We're really close. There's some some simple adjustments, some very simple adjustments in my opinion that really jumped out. That if we can make some these adjustments offensively, we can really give people problems um, defensively. And and the biggest one, guys, I see, and not not to sound like a broken record, I think I probably said this twenty times, but two or three times a game, let Holton Ehlers keep the ball on read option. It will free up the running game. It will give the defense different things to to focus on. Um, and, and again, you know, part of the reason why Rajay fumbled last week, we were so predictable. The defense knew it was coming. He was getting hit a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Let Holton keep it two to three times a game. It will that that one simple adjustment will will literally open up so many things offensively, guys, for us. What do you What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think you know his right, yeah, right shoulder, no throwing shoulder being injured could have something to do with the reason he's not pulling it. I don't know that they're telling, not telling him to. You know, it could be his decision to read option. So um, he he needs to pull it. They need to tell him to to pull it more often. So the threat's there. Obviously, he's got the banged up shoulder, but um, you you don't want to do it too much, but. He's a good runner. He always has been an effective runner, and you're calling some draw plays with him anyway, so it's not like you're not letting him run it. Um, you know, I think it's. it's it, he, he, I'm not sure that he's not being told never to pull it on the read option. He's just not making that read to pull it, and he needs to start. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, I think it it makes the uh, the defense have to think a little more. And I will say this, um, Matt. I don't think there's as many defenses that are as disciplined as the Navy defense. I, so true. I, I I don't know that, you know, it's something that would be more effective regardless of who we're playing. Um, but you know, uh, probably would have been more effective against them, um, versus some other teams that aren't as disciplined that, that maybe, um, don't pay much attention to the read option as much as, you know, they, they're just
3: defending the run. No doubt. And, guys, uh, I know you may disagree with me, but um, for me on Saturday, I want to see, like I was saying, as far as the playbook, I want to see jet sweeps. I want to see um, – how about when uh, we were talking about the middle is open. I, I feel like with um, – we'll see what the defense gives us on Saturday. But Ryan Jones in the middle of that field, he catches the ball – uh, Shane Calhoun with the tight ends, the receivers. I mean, have that middle. Uh, that middle needs to be open. I don't know if Houston's – I had somebody ask me that today at work. If I thought that Houston was scared to throw in the middle because of maybe a shot that one of our receivers would take, I don't think that's the case. Um, and it could be that Holton is not throwing to the middle. But I think the middle, what I saw, maybe I'm wrong, Matt. You had a chance to go back. Well, and look ever, for- ever since – ever since – he, Holton's been
0: here. He he has a preference to throw to the outside, kind yeah. of the opposite of Shane Carden. Shane right. Shane could you know Shane as he got as as he got towards his senior season, got better at those outside passes against man to man coverage. Shane could destroy and partially with the offense. But you you played a if you played a zone defense against Shane Carden early in his career, his whole career, he would just eat it alive. Going the middle of the field, middle of the field, middle of the field. Whereas Holton kind of prefers throwing those outside kind of fade routes, et cetera. Um, but we do need to work at the middle of the field more. We, we, you know, we're playing CJ in the slot. Uh, we have a lot of talent right. at tight end. Uh, we, we desperately need to work in the middle of the field more. I, I don't care really how we score this weekend. Look, right. this is what I personally think. And I think a lot of people are overreacting. I think we are what we thought we were. I think we're a really good football team and I think we had a hiccup against Navy and I expect us to come out and kick South Florida's ass unless the intangibles come into play and South Florida just plays out of their mind. Um, what like they did against Florida. Um, otherwise I, 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 think the Navy game was a hiccup. I, I'm, I'm seem to be in the minority here. It's amazing to me. I saw I saw people posting threads. Do we extend Houston too soon? I've seen people, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to me how one loss and people just, Seem to lose their effing minds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think we're still the same football team that almost beat North Carolina State, that, that blew out a good old Dominion team. Uh, I think we, uh, I, I, I fully expect us to go to South Florida, and like I said, unless the intangibles come into play, whip their ass. To be quite
3: hey, honest. Hey Bubba, one question I had for you, being a quarterback, is um, the other thing I want to see is I know that um, I was going crazy. I was going nuts on Saturday night. Um, was we need to have the deep ball, even if uh, Holton never connects. Just the threat that we're going to throw a long bomb, and somebody like say like Isaiah Winstead, Jalen Johnson, C.J. Johnson, one of the one of those guys catches that ball and it's an play, a big big time play. That those kind of things really can that helps you. That's the thing that drives me crazy is that I want to see a running game, and if you throw a deep ball and you get it, then it opens up the running game because they're expecting. Long pass, but right now they know that you don't have the long pass that you're not going to throw it deep. So I wish they would throw it more. Well, I think we have
0: thrown it deep. Some I think you know, we throw it deep to Winstead,
3: we we threw it deep against Campbell
0: several times. I, I, you know, it's it's we, we go deep outside, we we never go deeper over the middle. Um, uh, but yeah, I think we should have did it. I think we should have thrown it deep more against Navy
3: than we did. What about slants for like when we had? Uh, for Keaton Mitchell, Rajay, uh, the short passing game. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, if it's blocked up right, you you, you
3: throw a slant
0: over the middle. Uh, somebody like Keaton Mitchell or or um, or uh, uh, what's the little fast receiver that's been banged up? Kerry oh, King. Uh, well, not well, King. Yeah, but no, no. no, no shy, uh, Hatfield. Hatfield. Just Hatfield? Yeah, you throw a slant to somebody like that, you know, and, and you block it up right. Blocking downfield, you know, which Donnie's teams used to be masterful at when he was receivers coach. You pick up a lot of yards that way.
2: Yeah, guys. And we could use, uh, Bub, I didn't mean to cut you off there. We could use, just really quick, we could use Keaton, you know, if we're, if we have the ball on the hash mark, a wheel route into the boundary, I'm more than happy to get his speed, you know, matched up potentially on a linebacker on a wheel route.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly, and uh, that's something I remember back. I guess it was the first year of Coach Ruff, uh, where we moved. The, we were playing down at UAB and uh, made a comeback in that game in the second half. And uh, we had Dominique Davis, you know, play action fake, you know, roll to his right, and then found Jonathan Williams down the down the left sideline. You know, I, I'd like to see something like that uh, where we roll Holton and then find Keaton Mitchell. Um, you know, a lot of times the person you fake to is forgotten about, and obviously with Keaton Mitchell, um, that may not be the case, but you, it's it's worth the shot uh, if that – I don't know. Um, most of the time when you see cat. Keaton catching the football it's you know on, on swing passes or running back screens um, not so much down the field but uh, I'd like to see how Keaton catches the football in those situations but as far as kind of shifting gears a little bit here going back to USS personnel and we talked about their quarterback Gary Bohannon um, taking a look at uh, some of his skill talent around him uh, Brian Batte uh, he's had a Couple of hundred yard games this year, and against the Gators, that was his best game in the swamp. He ran for 150 yards on 17 carries. He's a smaller back, 5'8, 165, and he's made some things happen in the return game as well during his time in Tampa. So uh, he, he's somebody to keep an eye on. And then they're you know, shifting over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Bulls have really struggled to stop the run this year. Um, they're giving up 245 yards a game, and if you mm-hmm. take out if you take out the game against Howard, against FBS competition, and it has been an excellent schedule. Um, BYU in Tampa, and then going to Florida and to Louisville, um, both of whom have very, very solid uh, you know, running quarterbacks in Anthony Richardson and Malik Cunningham, but uh, those FBS games or FBS opponents. Have resulted in 271 rushing yards per game. So we really, really need to establish uh, the ground game. If it's there, you know, if if it's if they just if they load the box and make, and no, they can't do that. They they
0: can't do it. Bubba, they, they don't have the personnel to do it.
1: But um, we we will see. I don't, I don't know enough about their on uh, their defensive personnel, but based on those numbers that I just rattled off. Uh, we get we have to uh, I'm trying to remember you know two years ago we were coming off uh, a very poor effort in Atlanta against Georgia State and and, and then we uh, went to Tampa and won that game I think it was something like 44-24 so and really ran the football well that night Uh, from what I recall it seems like Rajay had a 40 or 45 yard touchdown run so uh, hopefully it'll be more of the same and and then some this weekend. Yeah. Hey, what's
0: what, uh, Keaton's status is uh, I know it was a lower back injury. He he's fine. Just-
1: During today's press conference, Coach Houston said he would be practicing this afternoon when
3: when he was asked. Yeah, he's fine. I think they've just been careful to – obviously, with the, it's still, what, a third of the way through the season, so they're trying to – it's an injury but not as severe as what it may, may seem to be is what I'm seeing. They're being very careful – for obvious reasons, when it's a running back. And guys, when I interviewed uh, for Media Day, I interviewed Keith Mitchell and I asked him, so I want to get y'all's take on this. Um, I said, How many yards will you have after this season? He said, 1,500. And I was like, Man, that's, you know, uh, Matt always talks about my optimism and how my, Mr. Positive. But Bubba, how many yards does he have right now? Because it seems like um, obviously he didn't, because of his injury on Saturday night, he didn't have the performance he would have liked but how many yards does he have after four games? That's no. Around uh,
1: 400 yards. He, uh, he has – Yeah. So he
3: good color, color. Good color, Kyle. 46
1: attempts for 386 yards. There you go. Okay. So,
0: he um, – eh, hey, I don't care if he gets 1,500 yards or not, I, just as long as we win no, the football no, 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 no. game and, and he has a good year. Uh, but um, – you know, I, I don't know. It depends on how much his injury, how bad his injury is, yeah, how many carries he'll get. You know, will, will he be the featured back or will Rajay? Um, I tell you what, I, I will say this:
1: in order for that to happen um, very quickly, Kyle, um, I did some quick math, and in order for that to happen, uh, the fifteen hundred yards in, let's say we we can go to a bowl game and um, that, that would be nine games. So uh, he would, he would have to average 123 yards per game.
0: Well, he's got a, uh, he's got a lot. Of, uh, he's got, yeah, he's got, well, he could do it, but it's
3: uh it's a daunting task for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll say this, if Keaton is limited this week, um, then they need to play gun more. They, they don't need oh to just let Raj, unless Raj, they just don't fire. Um, they, they don't need to put it all on him. Um, if Keaton is limited this week, and I'm hoping Keaton's not, and, and we can just have the one-two punch. But, you know, Gunn shows he can, he, he can carry the ball uh, in the opportunities he's given. So I I don't know where he stands in the blocking scheme, et cetera. But, uh, you know, if Keaton's not 100% this week and his l- carries are limited, I'd like to see Gunn get uh, some playing time in meaningful situations. Hey, or yeah,
1: two-back two, two situation there. Uh you know, we we like you said, you still have Rajay on the field, um, you know, depending on what the the play calls are. But uh, that's something I've discussed with other Pirate fans as far as
3: Marlon' guns playmaking ability. He is, yeah, man. he is. He is slick as he slick as glass. He is like, uh huh. I know what you were <laughs> going to say. <Kyle. laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but I know you wanted he to.
1: He's huh? about to go there. Kyle's about to be very. Uh-
3: yeah, I, was I, I wasn't
0: saying that. anything. Dave was, Dave was getting ready <laughs> no, to say it, but uh, no, no, no.
3: I was waiting for you. I was waiting for Kyle to jump in. I and mean, say if you it. want me to say it, I'll say what he slick is. Yeah. But uh, no. <laughs> I think everybody, we're all adults here where 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 Kyle would be going, but uh, um, I don't
0: think anybody's yeah. figured it. Nobody else out there has a clue what we're talking about because I've That's never right. said that on the podcast my, to my knowledge, but
3: <laughs> no, you haven't. Uh, Matt, uh, Marlon Gunn, though, Marlon Gunn Jr from louisiana what the heck is up with uh these players from louisiana man they are just uh, a tremendous uh athletes and gun it's just incredible i was uh i've been impressed with them i'd heard we'd heard stuff obviously you know when you hear fall camp and you hear about the scrimmages and blah 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 but until you see game time you know action then you don't know what to believe you always in the Mo era they kept talking about how great these grad transfers and these guys are from Clemson and Alabama and all these different places. And you're like, wow, but gun is the real deal. I, I really like him. I think that, um, Kyle's exactly right. If they, uh, to, to
0: be fair, Dave, um, uh, Gardner, Missy sucked under Scotty Montgomery. So. Oh yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey Matt, no doubt. <laughs> so no uh, doubt, buddy, no <laughs> doubt. Tell Chrissy I said that for you tonight. Uh, it's my fault.
2: <laughs> um, so but like this kid, well, this well, wait, 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 hold
3: on, what am I missing here? Uh, does
0: Chris, Did, say we say no doubt too much. No, that Matt
2: she said, it. I do. I, well, you I get it from it. you get it from
0: Coach Houston, no, no doubt,
2: and and Dave says it quite a bit too. So, uh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about it. <laughs> um, we should count how many times throughout a show we say "no doubt." Are you? Were probably, you guys a fan of
3: "No Doubt"? The you know, Gloria
2: yes.
0: Not Gloria Stefan. What am I talking about? Gwen, oh, Gwen oh my Stefani. Gwen Stefani's
3: band from the nineties. I have I have a huge crush on her. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. But that's a whole other show, as they say. Okay. Um, but hey, Matt, uh when Marlon Gunn uh, and Bubba, you're being a quarterback, and Kyle, actually his favorite room is the running back room. Um, that kid, what do, what do you think his speed is? Like four three? I mean, he's he's. He looks like he's equally as fast as Keaton. He doesn't have the
0: experience. I, with Keaton, but... I don't think he's as fast as Keaton. No, no he's he, as fast as Keaton. But I, I think he may be able. I think he may have more cutting, which is my favorite thing. More ability to. I think his vision may be better. His ability to make
3: cuts. Yeah. All right. Okay.
2: Yeah, and I, I'll tell you guys, like, just based on limited touches that I've seen him have the ball, he runs angry. I mean, I, no. I just, I like the way he kind of just, he's decisive. He he plants his foot in the ground and he goes and and he runs angry and. Um, you could definitely see why Mike Houston was so high on him. I was really high on both of our running backs in this class, including Nemo Squire. Uh, oh, yeah. I was very impressed with him too. I think we have two, two really good young backs, but, um, but I agree if, 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 if Keaton is limited, you know, let's get him some touches.
0: Yeah. And I, I would say this about gun, uh, don't do that crap you did against old, Dominion. It worked, uh, but it was, uh, it was in mop up oh, duty, backwards. yeah. Going backwards and reversing field, it worked. But if you do that in a situation where it's a uh, in, in an important game situation, yeah, uh, oh it normally doesn't work. Um, it's kind of like the movie Major League when a uh, Wesley Snipes, Willie Mays, Hayes makes the basket catch, and uh, Coach Lou Brown says, "Great catch, Hayes. Don't ever do it again." Let's uh, yep. imagine what I what Houston told uh,
1: um, Marlon Cut oh, after that run. And as far as his running style, you talk about his vision. Um, obviously he's a much bigger back, but the, now I just thought about this, and know, something uh, a guy that had tremendous vision. I and mean, like I said, um a much smaller back, but the,
2: mm-hmm. guy, that, the guy that
1: Matt played with, Junior oh. Smith. Oh, well, dude,
2: he he was he was on he was unreal. I mean, he, he was not a big guy at all. He was he was he was small, but Incredibly quick, incredibly quick, quick feet. His his football instincts, his football instincts were second to none. I mean, he could cut on the dime, and I think his size was you know, his size was an advantage because he could kind of hide himself in between Mm -hmm. the tackles and then start making people miss. So uh, he was he was a tremendous player.
0: Yeah, Cooper. Cooper had some of running style. Cooper was a bigger bigger back than junior smith almost anybody was a bigger back than junior smith but junior <laughs> sure. Junior did have unbelievably cut unbelievable cutting ability and um speed and like you said matt he, he would use his size as an advantage at times to get lost and uh, right. then all of a sudden you see him bust out in the middle of the pack for a 20 yard game
3: and now guys if you actually uh, if you know that by now if you get in jail or go to jail you can call him he uh He'll get you out of jail. He's a build bondsman at Greenville. Did you know that? I did
0: not know that. Um, Good to know.
3: And Junior Smith, uh, the only running
1: back in East Carolina history, to have three straight 1,000-yard seasons, 92, 93, and
2: 94. Wow. Durability. Very durable player. uh, That is not easy to do by any stretch. Hey, uh, how
3: about this? Uh, Hey, uh, Bubba, put up Craig's uh, comment. He says, Gun gives me Barry Sanders vibes. How about that? That's high praise. Yeah, I loved uh, that. Uh, he, In fact, uh, talk about somebody who left the game way, uh, way, way early. Uh, Barry Sanders uh, hung up the cleats and never played again. Um, I guess it's because he played for the Lions. I don't know. But... Yeah,
0: hey, running backs don't have long careers. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's just how it is. You know, but, um, hey, left wear and tear on your body also. I don't blame him. I mean, he's. He went out on top. Why
2: he could still go? I he reminds me of uh, Marion Barber a little bit. You guys remember Marion Barber? Yeah, he played, he played for Virginia. He he was a Minnesota. I think he was a Minnesota Golden Gopher. Oh, yeah, man. who you, the hell you're, am you're, I thinking you're, of? You're thinking about
1: T- Tiki and Rondae Barber. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I, some we're, of we're, I know they're
3: all,
1: they're all my
0: cousins. All all those guys. So.
3: <laughs> no, so. Uh, well, wow, damn it.
0: I thought, you know, that would kind of mask. The only one that left at that. Everybody <laughs> else is scared of that joke. No,
3: I'm not scared of it. Um, it's 1130 at night. That's the only thing for me. But yeah. with, the, with the game coming up, you guys, do you have a like? Do you have a prediction of what you think so far? Are you going to wait to Thursday? Or do you have an idea? Will we cover the spread or not? Uh,
1: well, by the way, what, why don't we have a guest on from South Florida this week? Was, was everybody well, I- just... Yeah, it's just related right to the storm. I'd reached out to Jim Louth, their play-by-play voice, as well as Will Turner, their equivalent of Stephen Igo from from um, Bulls twenty four seven site, and they were dealing with storm prep and uh, doing things to uh, to get ready for Ian's arrival. So uh, they they were they were very friendly and said they'd love to come on. And they just didn't have time to fit it in their schedule, and I, I know that. Jim Lauk, when he went on with some other um you know local media that he recorded um uh, in advance instead of instead of going on and even bumped that up several hours and, and that that was on Monday morning, Monday morning.
0: so okay well um as far as prediction for the game, I don't know we'll maybe save the you know the actual score production for thursday night I, I i i again to me my concern would be for South Florida. Besides, if they get all their players back that have been injured, um, it, it's kind of more the intangibles. Are they going to come out and play, you know, out of their mind, you know, for, for for the people of Tampa and that area of Florida and play extra motivated? Um, I think all things considered, I think we, I, I think we're a good, really good football team who just who just kind of uh, pissed the bid, and um, we should be pissed off and come out and ready to go and execute. I I expect us to play very well Saturday.
1: One thing of note that I haven't mentioned, uh, I know specifically Coach Houston referenced these guys on the defensive side of the ball, that they have defensive linemen who are transfers from uh, Minnesota, Missouri, and North Carolina. And uh, I think on their team as a whole, they have something like 15 uh, transfers, uh, seven from Atlantic Coast Conference schools. Um, They actually have two from other AAC schools, I, I believe at least one, if not both, are from UCF. Um, and That's then so far, <laughs> and uh, and then one from one from an SEC program, then a couple from the Big 12, and three from the Big 10. Um, uh, well, that that could be, yeah, like you're saying, they're one in three, but um, they and I know Florida is not the, the Florida they've been historically, but they they went to Knoxville, and um, I guess a very or what seems to be a very good Tennessee team, um, took them down to the wire and, and threw uh, Hail Mary uh, to the end zone and got picked off on the final play. Yeah, they were playing South
0: Florida in between Kentucky and Tennessee. And you had that
1: factor as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I, 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 I don't know, man. I I mean, I could be wrong. I do think this could be a game where the intangible South Florida does come play with their, with their you know, asses on fire for the, you mm-hmm. know, for the for the people in their area, the Tampa area, et cetera. but. I, I expect us to play well this weekend. I, I really do. I just don't – I mean, obviously, South Florida can beat us, clearly. I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. But I just I, – I I got a, I got a feeling we're going to play well this weekend. I think there's been a massive overreaction by many members
1: of Pirate Nation. Hey blah, this, blah, blah. well, just very quickly, Dave, uh, it, going off what Kyle just said uh, or elaborating on what Kyle just said and, and then – matt and i were discussing this earlier i think it was maybe in the green room or on the phone just as far as this is a game coming off that navy loss um yes usf is very capable but if we're going to accomplish what we want to accomplish this year and if we're if we are where we think we are as a program i mean not not that we couldn't go on to do some great things and have a solid year if we if we did come up short on Saturday. But this is a game we really, really need to win uh, coming off that Navy loss.
3: No doubt. Yeah. By the way, our good friend, um, hey, Bubba, our good friend Tom texted me. He said that we could get our friend, your friend, uh, Rick Giles, of course, Ryder Giles' dad, to fly you over the game on Saturday live for the sports objective for TSO. What do you think? Hey, th- there you go.
1: <clears throat> I- I'll give. Uh, I'll see if Rick Giles can make that happen. No. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, all <laughs> right.
0: Say what?
2: To your point, Bubba. Go ahead, Kyle.
0: I, I had nothing. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, uh, Matt.
2: I was just gonna say. I mean, th- this. You hate to throw around the term "must win," but if, but in order for us, if we want to have a the season we thought that we could. You have to win this game. Yeah. You have to win this game. This is one <clears throat> this is one that you circle on the calendar. You know, when you kind of go through it at the beginning of the year, right? You look at the wins and losses, you try to project a little bit, at least we do that here. This is one that you have to win in my yeah. opinion. If we're gonna if we're gonna
1: contend in the in the
2: league, you know, if if we drop
1: this one I would be stunned if uh, if we're, you know, in position to potentially compete for a conference title. Yeah, I know that's pretty obvious, but just saying like that—that's.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, it's, theoretically, could we still? Yeah, because the other teams that would be in contention would all still be in front of us: uh, Houston, UCF, sure. Cincinnati. But it, it, if. If we want to finish first or second and have a chance to play for the conference championship game, you you can't start off 0-2 in the league. Uh, Could we lose this game and still go to a bowl game? Yeah, and I would expect us to. But um, if we want to do more than just 6-6 in a bowl game, um, I I think think that kind of is where this game is. I think you handle business, you're, you're back to where you were, where you're competing for a conference championship, you know, eight, wins is still a very realistic possibility who knows Um, if you lose this I think the from the outside looking in I I think then we're we're hoping for a bowl game and six or seven wins so um, I I think this is as close to a must win um, as it can be Uh, you know I I don't want to go all in and say must win but if you want to compete for a conference championship you better not start 0-2 in league play
1: very quickly, guys. Some uh, notes about this series. Uh, this will be the thirteenth matchup between the Pirates and the Bulls. Uh, this will be the second matchup at a neutral site. Of course, we lost twenty-four to seven in the Papa John's.com Bowl back in two thousand and six. Um, Pirates. Um, we're 1-9 at one point against South Florida, um, but they have one two straight, looking to make it three on Saturday. Um, we, we're victorious 44-24, like I mentioned earlier in the show, in 2020 and down at Raymond James. And then last season, um, you know, we pulled away in the fourth quarter in that big pick six, uh, maybe late in the third or early in the fourth by Malik Fleming, and then we went on to a 29-14 win uh so it's nice to finally uh, have some success against south florida after winning once in the first 10 meetings
0: Our program has gone backwards when you know they they first came onto the scene uh they you were, were brought into conference usa with a lot of fanfare with jim levitt and then uh moved into the big east and um and then the early days of the american you know they, they had things going pretty good and then um Things have kind of gone downhill for them recently, but I uh, I'm, I'm with you. It's it's good to to have a couple wins over these guys, and hopefully we'll get our fourth win against them uh, on Saturday.
1: Something else of note, um, you know, give credit here to Stephen Igo and his snap count report that he puts out uh, every Sunday or Monday, and uh, you know, looking over the. The numbers uh, on the offensive line, there were there were 62 offensive plays against Navy, um, obviously lower than what you would typically have. Normally it's more like 75, 80 at least. And in, in that game, in, across the offensive line, um, with the exception of one snap for Noah Henderson where Parker Moore came in at right tackle, um, the, the starting offensive line played every single snap. So that I found that interesting. Uh, not shocking, but uh, interesting. Nonetheless, they played every single snap with the exception of that one. And then defensively, uh, we continued to play uh, a, a lot of folks, but it was the fewest we had played this season. And uh, that wasn't all that surprising when you take into consideration who we were playing and, uh, you know, the uniqueness of what they do. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Um, interesting that Parker Moore, uh, that's a given West Virginia. He said no right doubt. <laughs> no doubt. That's no a doubt about
1: Virginia, it. You're right. Yes, yeah, Parker Moore is a transfer from West Virginia. Interesting, interesting
0: that, that he didn't – he um, he's not starting for us. So, we, you know, is—is he was a solid O-line at West Virginia, a solid O-lineman. So, uh, obviously, a good backup. It's good to have somebody like that coming off the bench. But kind of surprised he didn't start
1: And then – go ahead, Matt. Did you have something? I was just going to say no doubt. And then taking a look around the American this weekend, uh, and and we'll do uh, this more thoroughly on Thursday with the inside slant. But um, the other games within the league, uh, you have Tulane going to Houston. The Cougs are two-and-a-half point favorite in that one. Uh, That should be a heck of a ball game. You have Navy going out to Air Force. Um, the Falcons are a 14-point favorite. Temple's traveling to the Liberty Bowl to take on Memphis, and Memphis is a 19-point favorite in that one. Cincinnati goes to Tulsa, and Bearcats are a nine-point favorite. And then the uh, SMU UCF game got moved from Saturday to Sunday, and I know we were discussing that earlier off the air. Um, that game is now at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon in Orlando. And the Knights are a three and a half point favorite over Rhett Lashley and the Mustangs. Yeah, it mean- to
0: see. That they should have moved that game to a different location. I I hopefully they'll get to play it on Sunday. But um that that uh I, I'm I'm I, in Orlando in particular, uh they're gonna get some Hurricane Force winds, but you know, they may get twenty inches of rain and uh, that's a lot of rain. So um could be some flooding in the Orlando area. But hopefully they'll get to play it on Sunday. That, that should, that'll that be a good one to watch. I know uh, Florida and Easter Washington, um, same situation, and games could be some flooding rains. And they've also moved their game up to, to Sunday. Um, so uh, for a guy who doesn't really care about NFL, I, I hope they get played that on Sunday so I can watch college football.
1: I'll be watching. Kyle, that's what I told Matt earlier. I said, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, because, yeah, every now and then I'll watch a little NFL, but I'd much rather watch college and that's nice. To, uh, I mean, I hate the games have to be moved, but uh, since they do have to be moved, it'll be nice to watch some college football on Sunday. As long as we win Saturday, if we don't win Saturday, I might
0: not feel like watching them.
3: <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my right now my uh, my high school team, by the way, has a big game Thursday night. Good luck to our friend Brian Pascal, Coach Pascal, friend of the show. Um, hey, guys, they have a chance to go seven zero for Williamson, for Riverside. So very happy for them. So my high school team is doing well. And you know what? Uh, You guys are right. I was going to tell you guys earlier, and I just realized I forgot the thought. I was telling a coworker Monday, uh, yesterday, that I was telling him about how, isn't it funny how fans are, they're fanatics, and um, the person's actually a former ECU football player. I said, it's funny because these people are like, oh my God, the Pirates can't win. We're going to, I've seen some people put, Say, oh, now all of a sudden we're going to be four and eight. We're not going to have a winning season. I'm like, it's one game. Come on, we have every single goal has. Yeah. And I said, it's funny how people. What's going to happen is most likely we'll beat USF, and then the whole world, everything is great. Every there's sunshine. Everything's perfect. And it's just funny how what a difference a week makes, right?
0: Well, well you go ahead, go. No, so hopefully that's the case. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's been a lot of people in the panic room a little a little early. Um, if it would have been somebody besides the Navy, a, a, a normal team, um, it would have bothered me a lot more. But, man, Navy's a weird, weird, weird duck. And um, we have bad luck against them, and it's become a mental thing. And I think uh, on the opposite side, I think Kitten uh has extreme confidence when he's playing East Carolina because um, all he's ever done is come to Greenville and beat us.
1: Yeah, my frustration on Saturday, like you're saying, uh, people saying some of these uh, – or making some of these outlandish remarks. Just uh, – and we'll see how things play out. But my frustration was more out of uh, just knowing what this team is capable of. Exactly. And, and just knowing that we let one get away. And, we let two get away. Well yeah, well, yeah, but we, you know, we were supposed
0: to win this one.
1: Exactly, yeah. We definitely felt like we sh- should have won NC State, and this one we really should have won.
0: Yeah, it it, it, it was frustrating. Now, by the way, uh, speaking of should have won, and I'm not blaming this kid, uh, but it, has there been any talk about uh, opening up kick competition, or is it still Dafford's job uh, with, with, with no competition, or do we not?
1: Today uh, at the press conference, I did not hear anything asked about that
0: okay no, people, I, are, I, people are
3: scarred to ask these questions well <laughs> some are and some not but that's a whole another show as they say but, uh guys uh we're over an hour now what do you have uh, and then we'll get out of here i know that um i'm very excited about the Just, game uh, do, we, do we
0: know uh, other games that have been rescheduled we, you mentioned we mentioned uh, ucf smu we mentioned Florida, Eastern Washington. Um, I know South Carolina, South Carolina. I believe they're playing South Carolina State. Florida State Uh, also. South Carolina's moved their game up to Thursday. Uh, Florida State, what
3: have they done? One of them's moved it to Sunday. Was that Florida?
0: Yeah, Florida, Eastern Washington, Sunday. Florida Florida,
3: State, one of them moved it. Was it Thursday night?
0: South Carolina's moved to Thursday night. Is Florida State also?
3: It was one of them that... I thought it was one of the Florida schools. Maybe I got it wrong. But how about the um, the Clemson-NC State game? Uh,
0: Where's that supposed to be at? Us in Death Valley? Yeah. Well, they're is playing that, it on that Saturday all the,
3: night.
1: Okay. I, As of right now, it has not been moved according to what I'm seeing. Uh, like like I, you said, my, my app is reflecting the change with the South Carolina-South Carolina State game, 7 o'clock Thursday night. I think they'll be able to play it,
0: um, but it's going to be a lot of heavy rain. I, I, don't, I don't think the wind will be a, a, a big enough factor, or, you know, it, 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 there's going to be some dry air. We got a lot of dry air. If you go outside tonight, um, it's, it's beautiful outside and it's very dry. So I, I think, in terms of the intensity of the storm, even if it goes back out in the ocean and makes a second landfall uh, somewhere on the South Carolina coast, then moves inland. I would think the intensity of the wind uh, would be below tropical storm force by the end, but there could be some flooding rains uh, falling in that game. So um, that'll be an interesting, uh, an, an interesting one to watch uh, Saturday night. I, I, I got a feeling they're going to be playing to Richmond downpour.
3: Oh, well, there's no question about that. Uh, we'll uh, definitely have more on Thursday than we have our Inside Slant guys uh, win a preview. Our shows. Don't forget our good friend Coach Jeff Connors, Coach Connors uh, has had a lot of great content, and he's on Monday night, Absolute Empowerment, and of course uh, Tuesday night is our Pirate Preview as you're watching right now. Wednesday, uh, we have two great shows, and and that the uh, we have the Pirate Breakdown with Sutton Young and Sonny, and Semenza is coming up tomorrow night. The Inside Slant, as we told you on Thursday. A Pirate's life for me, Bubba, I know that you had Pirate Al, and who do you have this week?
1: Yeah, last week, as you mentioned, Alan Powell, better known in East Carolina circles as Pirate (laughs) Al. uh, He and I had an excellent conversation uh, in the past. I'd also had former East Carolina softball player, uh, you know, one of the best power hitters and really just best hitters overall because she she, uh, led – the program in career batting average, 415, and then also career home runs uh, with, I think, 40 or uh, 45 home runs, uh, Isonette Polonius uh, from Curacao. And then also I would caught up with John Cazaza, um and then also um, Pat Lane, a very loyal donor to East Carolina and uh, not only on the uh, athletic side with the Pirate Club and um, all the capital campaigns, he and his wife, Lynn, made a very generous gift of $60,000 to the Pirates Unite capital campaign. And they've given to, to all those down mm-hmm. through the years. And they're also very generous on the, on the uh, university side, the academic side. So uh, go back and listen to some of those. We have them all in a playlist for you on our YouTube channel. And this week, I'm going to be catching up with Perry Hudson, who, who, uh, anybody that, uh, or you know, a lot of loyal Pirate Club members will certainly recognize that name because he was Chapter President of the Year several times, and the Chapter President of the Year award is named after him and uh, Mark Meltzer.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make a suggestion for a Pirate's Life for me, Bubba, and I want to, I want to pinch hit when, when, when we have him on uh, as, as guest host. Uh, let's get Brock Anderson on. Uh, for Pirates Live for me.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, that that would be a tremendous show, and uh, we'll see mm-hmm. if we can make that happen. Yep. Right. And then and, and then, obviously on, uh, on Saturday, uh, we'll be tuned in, uh, but there will be no sights and sounds with the Pirates on the road and us unable to attend. And then on Sunday, we'll take a look back at what will hopefully be the Pirates' third win of the year, uh, against the South Florida Bulls down in Boca Raton.
0: Which is actually a more appropriate place for South Florida to be anyway.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of people saying that. but <laughs> I, think, I think maybe it was Clip Brock saying that the, the Pirates will finally play the Bulls in uh, South Florida.
0: Yeah, finally. Because uh, I don't know, man. I, I know that university. So
1: West Central Florida.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. I, Maybe it's I, I I don't know how they ended up with that name, but uh, whatever, who cares? But uh, certainly, uh, certainly more geographically correct this week for uh, for the Bulls of South Florida playing in Boca Raton and the beautiful retirement area of Boca Florida, with all the
3: old rich people. Yeah, a lot of great driving for sure. Hey, uh, we'll uh, do our thanks. Uh, great sponsors. I want to thank Kevin K.K. Walker, of course, one of the uh, great letter winners and. Uh, he has uh, done an excellent job with LNK Custom Homes. Um, call him 336 688 8461. Of course, he's a licensed general contractor. Give Kev a call. Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Want to have, say hello to Mark Holiday. As a matter of fact, we're going to be there next Friday night. Uh, the, the Riverside Nights has a buy, so we're going to do karaoke. Um, that's breaking news on the 7th. From 7 until whenever. So if you want to come out, we'll have karaoke there next Friday night on the 7th. And uh, they have a lot of great food. They're open daily 11 to 8. Barbecue. They've got great barbecue. Chicken, ribs, seafood. Lots of great uh, vegetables. Comfort food, some people would say. Soul food. But it's excellent stuff. And check it out at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. 805 East Boulevard in Williamston. And last but certainly not least, Kyle. One of your favorites, pgxgloves.com, Kyle. Yeah, but I, I had a
0: promo for Corky's, for our Corky's, for Porkies, and I, okay. I
3: alluded to it the other day. They they
0: offer catering, right, Dave? Yes, they do. And you gotta you gotta have, you gotta have the Holiday Brothers cater to cater your holiday party with, with, with Porkies. Call right. the holidays, and they will cater your holiday party. You better get your calls in now, So we're coming up on October. You, you know they're going to get booked up for you know your, your Christmas parties, et cetera. So have the holidays cater your holiday party, I think. What a gimmick. What a gimmick. But you uh, you. pgxgloves.com, Bubby, and get that up on the screen. There we go. pgxgloves.com, customize sports gloves. If, if your kids play baseball, softball, football, uh, get them some gloves. Get them something customized. Have, have them be unique, stand out on the field. Uh, if you play golf, get yourself some golf gloves. And if you put in promo code ECU at checkout, you will save yourself 25%. So go to pgxgloves.com spend a lot of money, and save some money by putting in code ECU at checkout.
3: I want to give a shout-out to Kaz. Appreciate his support of the program the last couple of years, and uh, great stuff. My kids really, man, stand out in a good way because um, all the kids have just regular gloves. And they ask my son and daughter, where do you get those gloves? And that's a great one. I'd say pgxgloves.com. So how about that, Craig? is saying JMU is looking at half an inch to a – inch and a quarter, inches of rain on Saturday in Harrisonburg, and that gives an indication of what the East Coast will look like. As a matter of fact, uh, Craig, you're exactly right. I know that for us here at my house, it looks like about an inch and a half like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a half inch a day is what it's forecasting when I saw weather.com. Who knows? I've heard on WATN yesterday, three to five inches of rain for eastern North Carolina. Yeah, it's going to tell on the track
0: of the storm and how much dry air gets into it.
3: Yeah, so we'll see. It might be a great day to, uh, hey, play. Uh, instead of playing football and being outside, you can watch a lot of great football, including at um, Boca Raton, FAU Stadium, East Carolina. Hey,
0: did, by the way, one more thing. Uh, we were talking about cancellation games being moved. Uh, it, it, I'm assuming Coastal is either off or on the road this week because I've heard nothing about them moving
1: their game. Just one moment, and I'll check that. Because, uh,
0: you know, that on the coast of South Carolina, yeah, they're,
1: they're supposed to be at home uh, against Georgia Southern.
0: Yeah, I would, I would, I I don't know. I, they may be all right again.
1: It's scheduled for four o'clock on Saturday.
0: Yeah, you, they're probably going to be dealing with some heavy rain. They they may be all right to play, just dealing with some heavy rain. And uh, you know, um, used to that would be maybe advantage Georgia Southern, but now it's uh, Coastal who runs their unique version of the triple option. So. Uh, Give me the team that runs the triple option if it's Ryan and Hart.
1: You also have Old Dominion uh, at home against Liberty. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be
3: fine. It'll just be Brian. All right. Well, we'll find out what happens. Obviously, the next couple days are going to be uh, very, very crucial to find out where that storm is going to go. We'll know more in the next – definitely in the next 24 hours as Hurricane Ian hits Florida and everywhere else it looks like. So we'll see how that plays a part, especially on the East Coast. All right, appreciate uh, Matt Semenza. Kyle, man, appreciate you so much. Uh, We're thinking about you and uh, I had so much fun with you tonight. It's not the same without you. Um, So appreciate you being on the show. Bubba, man, thank you so much for everything you do. We'll get out of here and uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And go Pirates. I'm a pirate, down up my soul And I don't back down, not at all Find out when the cannons explode From the sidelines down to the post Put it down like not even close All out to the last whistle blow For the black, of the soul, and
1: for Everybody stand up, get your hands up That a team knows that we got their back This is our house, this is
3: our town Our time, everyone, I copy that Everybody gonna see us go no bananas Fiend live, baby, don't hold back Every foot, every yard, every first down Every touchdown with the cannons blast Get it on, get it all, get the wave going Like a hurricane